All right, guys, we are back with episode 196. We're almost to 200. We're just chipping away here. We had Ryan went on the podcast a couple months. Uh, it was a couple months ago, probably a couple months ago. Uh, with buttery hockey, you broke everything down. Uh, Hal is on the IR right now. Uh, so I was like, who the fuck should I get to hop on the pod and talk some puck? And I was like, Ryan Wynn, Kids Beauty. So, Ryan, thanks for joining us. How's everything going, man? Dude, everything's, everything's good. I mean, like I told you, I'm going to try and keep up with you. I'm going to try and keep up with you talk, talking shop, uh, you know, about the NHL. But, dude, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. It's going to be good. No, gonna- dude, I'm pumped that you're here. Uh, I'm rocking that Cali glow. I know that you just went to California not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, now, here, this might just be me, but when I was a kid, I never had to worry about sunscreen. I would go outside, and I would bronze and nothing at all. And as a full-blown adult, I have to put sunscreen on every two minutes. Otherwise, I am burnt to shit. Do you experience any of that? Dude, I I mean, I, I feel you there. Like, my issue is I don't even worry about the burn so much. It's like it's really my, my face gets dried out really fast. I would, oh, get, I, I would have, like, dry skin, like, to the point <laughs> where it would be, like, close to peeling if I, if I didn't, like – so – I never use lotion, but in California, I had to use like face lotion. Dude, dude it's insane. It's yeah. all, and by the way, completely different world out there. I also went to uh, Las Vegas for a couple days, and uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. Essentially, it's Walt Disney World for adults, and <laughs> I think they kind of forgot that COVID's even going on. Like people weren't wearing masks, but there were so many people, and like even flying out there, I thought they'd be taking my temperature getting on the plane. They're like, "No, nah, you have a mask, you're good." So I was kind of rattled about like the whole like COVID restrictions, but there really aren't none, I guess, just like I, normal, normal everyday stuff. Dude, that's what I was going to say is like, depending on the location that you're in, COVID might, may or may not exist. Like, oh, yeah. Florida, most, Florida hasn't even heard about it. Yeah, it's not real in Florida. <laughs> it's like, you, basically, you pick and choose based on where you live. It's, it's, it's not, it, I, I can't believe it. I'll get into uh, California and ripping up street hockey a little bit, but uh, let's just hop into it. NHL in the news. All right, here we go. First story on the docket. I talked about this last week, actually over the last couple of weeks. I thought it was insane the fact that myself and a couple of my buddies could go get vaccinated pretty much whenever we would want to, but you're still getting COVID outbreaks going on in the NHL. And it made me think, like, how are these giant professional sports organizations not vaccinated? Like, obviously vaccinations, if you want to or not want to. I'm assuming right. most people would want to. Um, how are they not getting vaccinated? You see, keep seeing them pop up. So I keep saying this. Blake Coleman must have heard what I was saying because he had to uh, says Blake Coleman said lightning players have started the vaccine. He got his first one. It's hard to schedule with so many games, but it seems like most guys are willing to do it and wanting to protect ourselves and avoid any issues going into the playoffs. So actually pretty good timing for Blake Coleman mm-hmm. and lightning to be doing this. We have playoffs. It seems kind of far away. It's going to be here, but right before you know it, uh, what do you have on this man? And anything, any words of wisdom? Yeah, I mean, like looking at it, like I, I agree with you. Like it doesn't make a ton of sense. It's like if if we're able to get it, and like these players aren't. But then, like the more I thought about it, it's like I feel like you cut. Hockey teams might be looking at it as a business. It's like short term versus long term. Right. It's like some people are having these symptoms, like after you like, or not symptoms necessarily, but they don't like feel like super energized, like two, like forty eight hours after. Right. Like you're hearing about people like being under the weather, like up to forty eight hours after, like the second shot. I think is like the main one that's like people feel a little bit more. Right. And so it's like, okay, if a guy goes and gets a vaccination, are you gonna miss a game, like maybe two, like but right. Time, then you don't have to worry about it going to the playoffs. So it's like I feel like there's like you kind of have to weigh your cost versus benefits here. And another question is, is it really 
person to person or is it like our organizations kind of expecting this to happen to protect, you know, what they have or what they own? You know? No, no, you nailed it. And, and I, I got to thinking about this. So there's, I think there's one vaccine where it's two shots. There's one vaccine where there's one shot. When the season started, I think that vaccines weren't like regular. Like I think we were still kind of developing all that stuff. I wonder if vaccines had been out and like you mentioned, like days after at a time, if that had happened, I wonder if the NHL would have done something kind of like the all-star break where like you give that one week off to the players where they can get that. And then you kind of don't worry about it. You think, I don't maybe that's a dumb idea, but like it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I think it's like, I don't know. I don't see any problem with that. I think there would be, there definitely would be critics of that. Like some people who are like, Oh, so like, is it, mandatory now like is it expectation mandatory because you're giving them a week off so then you have to get the vaccine and then like yeah then it's like personal freedom and i don't know dude it's stupid how like stuff is political even when it's not political but like you know it'd be twisted that way everything is man it's hard to say pretty much anything nowadays without somebody shitting their pants but that's just kind of the world that we live in and and i'm hoping all these guys get vaccinated i know the vancouver canucks are going through some issues right now the media was talking about how bad it's been for the Canucks. And, and I forget what player just kind of came out and said, yeah, like most of us have it, but it's not being like, it's not bad as it is portrayed with the media. So it's good to hear that the Canucks are doing okay, but giant outbreak in Vancouver. Hopefully that all goes well over there. Uh, next story that we have, I mean, a personal favorite. I talk about him almost every week over the last couple of weeks. Like I forget who he tried to fight on the Maple Leafs, but Matthew Kachuk just being the rat that he is. I love the way he plays the game. I mean, he kind of pulled out another uh, dummy move. Uh, let's kind of roll the video once I find it. There it is. Connor able to bring it out. Shifley joins the rush. And it's a two-on-one. Here Shifley scores. Matthew Kachuk wanted a penalty. It turned into a two-on-one, and Shifley makes it 2-1 Winnipeg. And there certainly was body contact between Shifley and Matthew Kachuk. At the Flames blue line, here is a two-on-two, basically. Matthew Kachuk reaches in, and I don't think Shifley did anything. I think Matthew Kachuk tried to reach in and sell a call. There's, you know, if anything, incidental contact. This is every rat's worst nightmare. I can tell you specifically when this has happened to me in games because, like, I was never that good. I, I think my role was more or less just to piss people off. And there's always that fine line where you're like, okay, I'm really going to go for it. And hopefully it doesn't backfire. This is exactly what happens. Uh, Matt Kachuk, he's on a back check, kind of gets tangled with Shifley. Big old dive. Shifley keeps going two-on-one back of the net. The one thing I respect about this, though, is the reaction of Matthew Kachuk after it happened. Like, in his head, he knows that he completely dove. But he oh, still yeah. wanted to sell it so hard that he just starts smashing a stick on the ice and yelling at the ref. Like, if you're, if you're going to go 100%, you have to go 100%. Yeah, it's like even after he knows he didn't get the call, snaps exactly. it. literally that stick's broken. No way. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like he cares. But it's like his. It's not even like oh, feel shame because I just dove and I didn't even get the call that I dove for, and then I look like you know an asshole because you just let up a two on one and then a go ahead goal, right? Yeah. Immediately the rest fault because like oh. obviously obviously the dive should have been called. No, but um, I, dude, I also I want to know. Tell me if you know this too. Because right. I'm watching this, and I, I didn't watch the game. So I, I saw the clip afterwards, didn't watch the game. Was he at the end – was Kachuk at the end of his shift? Oh, that's – I see, I don't know. That's that's actually a good question too because if he's a little bit tired, I think that adds a completely different element to this whole Yeah, thing. because it looked like – Kind of gassed. It looked like he was gassed, and it looked like he was going to get beat in the t- two – I think the guy was – who was it, Shifley? Mm-hmm. 
great player. It looked like he was just going to jet by him and be on a two-on-one regardless. So you think in the back of his mind, he's like, the only thing I have here is maybe draw a penalty. I literally think – okay, he came out like two strides in front of Shifley, and then by the red line, Shifley yeah. was passing him. Yeah. He was gone. That's and a good point, man. I didn't think of that. So in my mind, it's like, was he being lazy and just trying to draw a call? It, it doesn't seem like something he would do. So maybe he was literally like, Last dog, end of his shift, what can I do? Yeah, it w- and that would make a lot more sense, right? Because if, if you aren't gassed and you're doing that, you have to be 100% sure that that penalty is going to be called, or at least at yeah. the very least, take him down with you. You can't right. have him keep going. But if you're gassed and you're like, shit, man, I'm not going to get back. I'm going to look like such an asshole on the Jumbotron. Let's <laughs> buy this. Fall, <laughs> no call. You want to know what? Fuck you, ref. Slam, slam the thing on the ice and move on. I know, but it is weird. You had the energy to the – to break a stick and then yell at the ref after. So it's like, could he, you know, what, what is it, the legs giving out? I don't know. I mean, you're a world-class athlete. Yeah, and that changes everything because I'm thinking if that's me, I'm way too gassed. I'm probably just going to lay on the ice until somebody picks me up. Him, he's in shape. He gets up and he smashes the stick. I would have smashed my stick and nothing would have happened. I probably, yeah. like, would I would have hurt it. my hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That, that's – I don't know. I love Matthew Chuck. Hopefully he stops doing shit like that. I didn't put this video in because it was kind of a, a longer one, but Ryan Hartman goes in on the shootout and he takes a shot, slap shot, mm-hmm. top of the circles, or probably middle in. Uh, I don't I think he missed the net or if it maybe, maybe kind of struck the goalie, whatever. Eric Carlson's next up, going in for the win. He already has two goals on the night, goes in and just fucking lets one rip for a goal. I love slap shots on a shootout. It's like the ultimate here are my balls. How do they taste kind of move. And on top of that, afterwards, when he was being interviewed, somebody asked me like, is this the best offensive oh. game you've ever had? And he's just like eating an apple. And he's like, absolutely not. Just Eric, yeah. Eric Carlson. I don't think's happy in San Jose. He kind of went on earlier this year and he's like, listen, like I left Ottawa and I wasn't, I didn't plan to go to a team that was going to be rebuilding. So I don't, I don't know if he's just kind of pissed off on the whole situation, but absolute power move of him ripping a clap around a shootout. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like what's more impressive I, I agree with you. What is it? It was like so it was eighth round when he did this. So yep. it's like and who who shot in front of him? Hartman? Yep, Ryan Hartman. So who's not not in, in the class with him at all? That's another question yeah. I have for you, dude. Do, do you think he had that slap shot planned out? Or do you do you think he saw this fucking like third liner go out and do it and he's like, fuck this guy? <laughs> he's like, I'm doing it. I don't even think when he like went in on his approach. I'm not, I'm not sure. Carlson will probably be like, you idiot. Of course I did. But like, um, it did dude. I feel like he literally just went in and he was like last second. Yeah. I'll just do the same thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. He's not a shootout specialist, obviously. Like he's a, like he's a defenseman. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. But, um, also Hartman missed over the net on a slap shot from just above the slot. That's yeah. ridiculous. It, it's, it's definitely a hard maneuver. I just think slap shots on a shootout, like when you're going in, it's, it's easier if you're kind of on the side because you have, like, the angle of, like, going shelf far or, like, near yeah. side. Going straight in on a goalie, I don't think I could ever score on a slap shot right by the way the face-offs directly in front of them. Like, yeah, especially if a goalie comes out. Yeah. And goalies are huge. you got to make sure you're hammering that fucking thing. Yeah, I have no I, – I, I don't know. I mean, that's – I just feel like a, actually, I would do that. I would do, I'm not I'm not skilled. I don't got – I don't have silky mitts. Like, I'm – I'd probably rip a slap shot from the Yeah, slot. and at the very worst, like, you just – it goes to the corner. You just tell coach you're doing your job. Like, yeah. Fucks deep. Also, he was shooting second, so it's like if he missed, it just went to round nine. It's not like it was, like – Pressure know, wasn't completely out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, also, he literally – he's, like, laughing when he went over to celebrate with his team after. He was, like, giggling almost like – like – 
Yeah, I made him look like a like a dick. (laughs) Feel it. Uh, Love that. Um, This one I didn't love. This story we kind of talked about this pre pod. Uh, Aaron Eckblad will miss the remainder of the season. Requires surgery to repair his uh, left leg fracture sustained in Dallas. I was either in San Diego or Vegas when it happened. I did the stupid thing of looking up the video. It wasn't it. The video sucked. And on top of that, you keep hearing reports that like Keith Yandel was crying on the bench and like there weren't that many fans there. So you heard him like screaming on the ice. I fucking hate this shit, man. Like, and especially Aaron Eckblad. What a, what a weird career he's had. He was like one of four players that was granted that like special access to, I think it was the OHL at some point, uh, drafted high, had some concussion issues. I, I don't think he ever lived up to that potential where I think everybody kind of was thinking he was going to be like a headman type player, but he's still a fucking awesome hockey player. It just seems like one bad thing after another with this guy. And, and I mean, this ranks up, I'm trying to think the worst injury. I think Willis McGahey against Ohio state, Miami, Ohio state back in the national championship. I forget what year he blew out his ACL on national TV. That was bad. This one was pretty shitty. Uh, what do you have on this? I mean, yeah, like he's had an interesting. I mean, he's came, he's really came into his own. Like now, for yeah. like he's a leader, right? He's not only like a really good player, but he's a leader for Florida. So it's like, it's like not only you're losing a skilled defenseman, a skilled right-handed defenseman. That's right, handed, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Skilled right-handed defensemen, which are hard to find. Very hard to find. And it's like not only are you losing that, but you're also losing like heart and soul of your team. Like if you actually had grown men crying, like with the guy going out with an injury, like, okay, it might be because people hate seeing injuries like that. Obviously, like, everybody does. But it's obviously – it speaks to the type of person that Aaron Eckblad is right? And, and how much he means to his team, which is perhaps more concerning than just them having to replace who he is, like, statistically as a player, you know, like replacing yeah. those goals and assists and having other people step up. Because I'm sure, like, Florida – might have i don't know really know how can you have anyone that fills the shoes now really but i feel like the harder part to fill is the heart and soul rather than like the statistics side of it yeah no i it, it's just shitty and i'm looking at his stats right now I, he's never put up more than 40 points but he's a hard guy to play against it was the ohl i did nail that shout out to me uh i i just i hope he comes back next year i know he's going to be hungry i mean the guys battled back from injury how many different times it just sucks that this had happened right now but our thoughts and prayers go out to Aaron Eckblad and fucking Man Rocket too. That guy wheels, but dude, uh, yeah, he, he's he, also a huge. That I feel like he's also a huge guy, dude. Like an injury like that with a huge guy, yeah, like it's harder. It's not like he's like a like five foot nine and he's just like a crafty guy that can come back quick from like an injury like that and just re. I'm sure he's gonna come back. He's gonna be a great. He's gonna be great. Like harder. He had more weight and and he plays a harder type of game. Where like no, I completely agree with you. Yeah, he has to play physical and he's a lot of weight, so it's tough. Well, hopefully he comes back. I just wanted to mention this one. Fifteen-year-old uh, Connor Bedard. Uh, he was granted that early access to the WHL. His first game, he scored two goals. Uh, he now has twenty-one points, and he's riding a twelve-game point streak in the WHL as a fifteen-year-old. So, what teams are going to start tanking here in the next three years? Because this kid seems like he's fucking legit. Can you imagine being fifteen years old and putting up twenty-one points in the fucking WHL, man? Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't imagine Buffalo is going to be good in three years. So, Buffalo's never going to be good. That's good for you guys, right? Hopefully, <laughs> especially if they just made that rule to make sure the Rangers can't get another first rounder. First uh, round. Yeah, true. What is it? It's like maximum three in five years or something like that. Didn't something like that. And I think it, it determines on like where you're at one through 10, if you can jump in, I, I probably should have looked that up, but that one's on the, 
But, I mean, 15 years old, 21 points. He's playing against guys that are 18 years old and toying with him. Dude, I, yeah, it's like I, I don't I, – I'm almost at a loss for words. I mean, I, I actually didn't know about this kid until Barber, Pavel Barber, like, tweeted about him. Like, I, I actually didn't know, like, who he was. And then he I saw this tweet, and this was going viral, like, across, like, basically every platform. It's like, mark this kid's name down. Like, he's, you know – He's on track, like with the McDavid's and like, like who else? I don't even know. He was compared well, to. Like, dude, that's the thing. Like each year, the first overall pick, like you hear about him during like that draft year. Like Lafreniere, we heard about him. Jack Hughes, we heard about him. I don't know if since like McDavid, if we've heard about a kid who's fifteen, like doing shit like this. You know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah. He's uh he's gonna be a real deal. Of course, he's Canadian. Fuck us, but I looked uh, up his highlights right away. So like right handed, like, I think he's a right handed shot. Dude, right-handed shot, but that—that's the thing I noticed, bro. He's not like it's like McDavid, speed, hands. Like McDavid barely had to shoot the puck, like even when he yeah. was playing yo, because he's just like faster than everybody. Later, could walk through anybody. Yeah. Dude, this kid has a rip. Yeah. Like he's a, a ton of his goals like came from the outside on just on just nice shots, and he has an unreal set of mitts too. Like I don't know, his speed didn't seem like it was like through the roof, but he's also 15 years old playing Still growing with like older guys so scary he's definitely check out that name guys connor bernard uh next story i'll be quick on this but it makes sense john tortorella wasn't invited to the 20 uh 2004 lightning stanley cup after party by his players or his fellow coaches (laughs) i'm hoping that was just like a missed thing but this kind of came out not that long ago this is a tough look I've always been a pro John Torella guy. I love the fact that he's in your face, all this shit. I'm sure they probably just missed his name on the group chat. I hope so, but actually, we're, there probably wasn't even group chats back in 2004. Tw- yeah. They probably <laughs> they missed him on the email chain. Yeah, right, on the pager. But uh, <laughs> poor Torts. And, like, he keeps getting in the news with Patrick Line not doing anything. And there's a lot of rumors out there that this is the last year of his contract, and he's, like, purposely doing things where he can get himself fired, which is kind of a wild thing. He's a true-blooded American. I don't believe in that slander towards his name, but yeah. uh, that's why. What, what do you have on torts, dude? Dude, I don't know. This like story seems like. Do you have to get an invite when you're a part of the team to a post cop party? Yeah, like, you would like, think that obviously you're invited. You would. You would definitely think that. I'm pulling up the thing right now because I think it, there was a quote. Uh, of course he, he was like, it was weird. Yeah. It was something he's saying. It was weird. Everyone was upstairs, but I didn't know where anyone was. So I just drove home alone. Yeah. They all gassed me and went upstairs and I drove by home by myself. It's true. I was a little angry the next day that I wasn't involved in the party upstairs. I didn't know where they were. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what he means by gas me. Like, does that just mean they all just avoided him? Yeah. I'm pretty, they all were just like, yeah, see you later. That's wild. That well, is also I, okay. Here's the whole thing. All the coaches, everybody was in the rink here upstairs somewhere in one of the rooms partying. My family had left. I was the only one left in the building. I didn't know what to do. So I just got in my car and left. I went home. It was really weird for me. I walked out and I said, I guess that's it. And I drove home. So do you think like some of this is on torch for not being like, Hey boys, where's the fucking party at? Yeah, dude. I feel like you should have been like, who's shoddying with me first. You know, yeah. like, like it, we just won. The, we just won the goddamn cup. Yeah. Yeah, you know, who like who's getting like who am I getting slammed with? Because That's, like dude, it's insane. And like, dude, there's there's a picture of Marty St. Louis getting stitched up on, on the fucking table with somebody pouring a beer down his mouth, and you're telling me Torts didn't know what the fucking party was going on. Dude, I was gonna say, like, what there's zero professionalism tied. Like, after you win the cup, it's like I don't, it doesn't matter if you're coach, manager, trainer, like player. I feel like everyone is just an absolute shit show partying, everyone's insanely hammered. So it's like 
There's no rules, dude. You press start, you go to options, and you turn the rules off. Like exactly, and that's what it is. And so, why would anyone be scared of? Tor- I'm guessing Torts gets. I'm guessing he goes just as hard as the next one at a party. So I just feel like this is. I don't know. Also, why is it coming out? Why does it just come out right now? This just came out. No, I think this was a today I learned kind of thing. So somebody had found it from like years ago and put it up. Oh, I just dude. never heard of that. Dude, I've never heard of this. Is this is bonkers? This is like. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I feel like we need to get uh, – I want the perspective of other people that were on the team that gassed him. I want their right? perspective. And and maybe Torts doesn't drink. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe it's that's thing. But, but if he does, what is John Tortorella drinking? Dude, that's actually – I feel like it's got it. You For think it's reason, I'm just trying I to think. He's either sure. Budweiser. Budweiser. Just goes yeah, Bud Heavies. Yeah, Definitely I, not – if that man had a light beer, I think he would. I think he would like die. I yeah, probably. Like, this is against his nature to have light beers, so he's got to go Bud Heavies, or he's like oddly, oddly he's just drinking like heavy whiskey on the rocks. Yeah, I'm just gonna say the same thing: whiskey or scotch. Like he has that like fucking like dad vibe to him, where he's like, "Yeah, I only drink the hard stuff." But <laughs> shout out to Torts, love that guy. Uh, now we're gonna kind of get into playoff odds really quick. I'm gonna put this banner here on the screen. I'll talk to everybody who's listening to this. But these are the playoff odds as of today. You have Lightning pretty much locked in 99%. Leafs locked in 99%. Avs locked in 99%. It, it's pretty helpful to see what's gonna happen. The Rangers right now have a 32.4% chance of making the playoffs. That's great. I'm trying to see if I can find Buffalo. I don't even see them on the thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're mathematically out of the could Definitely. Could be. Yeah, because when you sent me this, uh, I was looking at it, and I didn't see Buffalo either, so I looked up the standings. I'm pretty sure even if they win out, they're still not making the playoffs. Yeah, they've had quite the rough year. Uh, fuck, I didn't write it down. My hero of the week was going to be Linus Olmark. Maybe I can find that stat in a second. My buddy sent me this earlier today. It's the uh, plus-minus of like the top 10 in the league right now. Rasmus Dahlin, dash 34, Taylor Hall, dash 21, Sam Reinhardt, dash 21, Eric Stahl, dash 20. They say he's on Montreal, but that's a Buffalo year. Then you have Nolan Patrick, David Savard, and then you have Victor Olofsson, dash 19, Colin Miller, dash 18. So they six out of the top 10 players in the NHL that are on the NHL plus minus style for the Masters, Green Jacket, are from Buffalo. It's been – they need that first overall pick, and it'll be shitty if they don't get it. Dude, they need more than that. I don't want to. I don't want to detract from uh, the odds, so we'll get back to that. But one thing I will say is, we talked about this when I was on actually, because you were like, "Oh, you excited about signing Halsey? Like, you excited about this?" And like at the time, I actually, I think I got it right. Like, I don't think I was overly excited. I was like, "Goal," I was like, "Goaltending is possibly still going to be an issue." Like, what's one player going to do in, in in like today's game where it's like you need depth, man? Like, you need depth in role players, and like it's clearly a culture issue. Like, there's there's no question in my mind at this point. The issues in Buffalo aren't one play. No one player is going to come in and fix it. It's it's a culture issue, and I don't know where it starts, but it's a disaster. I think it was Rasmus Ristolainen and said that he's seen enough coaches and GMs to go through this, where the, like it, the players need to be like start being held accountable for what the fuck's going on. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's like no coaches are going to touch Buffalo. Like, who wants to go there? If you're, if, especially if you're a coach that like had gotten fired recently or let go or like didn't get re-signed after your last contract, what about you? Is like, oh, I'll sign in Buffalo because that'll that'll be good for my career. Yeah, it, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I 
the only thing I can think of, and I forget his name, we talked about him on the pod. Hal's a huge fan of him. He ended up, I think he coached at Union for a little bit. He coached the U.S. They keep talking about him. He might be the Providence coach right now, um, that he might be in line for that. But if you're a college coach with a pretty good gig, I mean, it's nice to coach in the NHL, so I, I would think that they would do that. But you're right, man. Like, you're going into a situation where – I don't know if there's anybody on planet earth that can fix that just from a coaching standpoint. Dude, like potentially that's a career ruiner. Like you could go there, have a terrible time. And then it's like, okay, you sure you had success in college, but like if your first, if your first coaching job in Buffalo and it's just atrocious, then like, what, what does that say about your professional career? Like, how are you going to get in on a gig? Yeah, it's, it's definitely not good for business, man. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other ones on here that. Oh, back of the odds. Well, so Avalanche is, is, has best odds to win the cup right now. Yep. That's, I did see that. I mean, that seems pretty accurate. But here's the thing. I, I According to this, it looks like the Lightning have a little bit more. Nope, they have less. But the thing is, people forget, the Lightning are putting on a show right now. Blake Coleman says they're getting vaccinated. Hopefully there's no issues there. And Nikita Kucherov has yet to play a game, but he should be good come playoff time. So they're already a wagon, and now they're going to get a guy who's arguably a top, I don't know, I'd probably say top 15 player in the world. Um, I don't, who do you, who do you, I'll put this back up here. Who do you have yeah. winning the cup? Let's just do that. Who, who wins the Stanley Cup this year for you? I mean... Dude, I would. Oh shit, it's honestly it's tough to say. I mean, I th- I feel like I I I wouldn't count Vegas out. Vegas like, is a pretty good I team. Mean, they're, they're, they're tank. They've been so consistently good, and like yeah. the fans love them. It's like it's like how could you? I I feel like Vegas has a good job. I mean, Avalanche could it be their year? Yeah, I just didn't want to say Avalanche because like they have the best odds. So it's like now I'm just you know I'm just right. You know, <laughs> a little more surprised. I I don't think like people are hype on the capitals i'm i don't think the capitals are gonna like for me i just don't think they have the depth to like get through the playoffs like you have a one of the like the the current best goal scorer in the nhl of like still playing you know like great you like you have a bunch of like, wilson you have oshi like you like you have all these guys like backs from like then they're all buzzing they're playing great but i just think these other teams are so much deeper they're younger and they're going to be better when it gets deeper into the playoffs yeah i mean <sighs> It's it's kind of a crapshoot. I like the fact that you said Vegas because you're right. Vegas is consistently one of the best teams every year. I think in terms of their makeup, they have so much speed, but they also have a lot of uh, grit there towards their bottom six. Uh, the Abs, the Abs are always good, but I feel like for some reason they're just they're just one piece away from. Dude, now, yeah. I know Kale McCarr's really good offensively. I know Sam Gerrard's really good offensively. Like Bowen Byram's going to be really good offensively. I think they're just like that one like heavy shut down guy away from being mm-hmm. like oh fuck like the abs are no joke but they might already be there i kind of uh, be there <laughs> I, I mean i feel you i mean like there's also no one wants to say it though like i don't want to like you say toronto and it's like i mean you know it's like such a hard place like people talk about it over and over again it's a hard place to play because media just up people's asses so it's like as soon as something starts to go wrong like dude it's happened this year and they're sitting in first place they basically clinched a playoff spot like yeah and there's been times this year where people are like what's going on and it's like you're literally one of the best teams in the league and like media and fans will still have some sort like something to say about it um i saw a stat the other day it might have changed by that by now but jack campbell's like who's their back with is like eight and oh with like a 956 save percentage but the only thing that i think the leafs have that the other teams don't have and it's actually negative is i don't know if the quality of competition that they're up against is the same as the other divisions right that's, like, that's a good point winnipeg's pretty good team 
Calgary, kind of hot and cold. Edmonton, kind of hot and cold. Vancouver was supposed to be good, not good. I think in terms of the North Division, the Canadians are probably the team that surprised me the most. Uh, my friend Jay Latulup, you guys all heard about him. Huge Habs fan. He texts me pretty much every night they win. He's jazzed up on them. He's convinced that they're not a joke this year and that they will go farther than the Toronto Maple Leafs. We will see what happens there. Further than the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, they have a good makeup, man, because when you think the Habs are always kind of smaller and fast kind of a thing, but then they added a guy like Josh Anderson. They added Shea Weber a few years ago. They're still really fast, but now they have like those big bodies that can kind of, you know, go at it. Jeff Petrie, I think, is one of the most underrated defensemen. Nobody ever talks about that guy, and that guy's a bona fide top four defenseman. Like he's disgusting. Romanov on the back end. Then you yeah. have Carey Price. Carey Price is Carey Price, dude. And I know a lot of analytic people don't like him because his numbers aren't there. But when they, whenever they do like the NHL players vote for who's like the most annoying to play against, who's the best player, best goalie always is Carey Price, and that's voted yeah. by the guys who play the fucking game. So I'm going to trust those guys shooting on the goalies a lot more than the people with their TI-83 calculators letting me know about zone entries. Dude, facts. We talked a little bit about freaking analytics last time I was on. It's like sometimes it's just annoying. And that's all it is, man. And, and it doesn't have to be annoying because I think they carry I think they carry a lot of weight, dude. Like I think yeah. half of your shit should be eye test, half of your shit should be analytics because like there are a lot of really cool numbers that you can look up where you're like, oh, fuck, I had no idea about that guy. Like this guy's – and it, it's situational too, whether somebody's on a power play, whether you need a defensive zone draw, like – there's just some there's there are analytics I think that work there, but the guys that are telling you that a fourth liner shouldn't be playing over a guy who's 18 years old that ha- has no games like, yeah, you don't know what's going on in the locker room. You don't know if that guy's the absolute glue to the fucking team. This happens with the Rangers every year. They well not this year, but normally they have a guy who everybody hates on the fourth line. And it's like you're not there, man. Stop hating on the fucking fourth liners. We did nothing to yeah. you. I mean, my issue with analytics is that they can always go further. So it's like, like you're trying to make something finite that's like infinite you know it's like you're trying to take all of these factors and put them into like an algorithm that's going to spit you out a value of a player but like these players are playing in different venues right they're playing with different fans the shots like i'm sure that they have something to track like the shot like for goalies the shots are coming from all over the ice but not only that like sometimes there are defensemen standing in front of them there's probably a higher Screens. like there's so many factors that can go in so it's like trying to conceptualize it analytically is like well you can always add more to the equation and will that change stuff yeah probably would but like it's that's my thing is like i don't know i i i, I like what you're saying where it's like i trust the guys that are shooting against them to tell you who the toughest guy to play against yeah if i'm gonna go to patrick kane and be like who's the best goal in the league and he tells me carry price i'm gonna believe carry price over like some blogger yeah like, but that's what we have there Your biggest uh, Sorry, uh, I want no, okay. biggest surprise for you. So, uh, as far like as far as teams that did well, you lo- like Montreal. I'd, I'd have to agree. Um, what about for like teams that? Oh, dude, like this this could be their year, and they just absolutely plummeted, like look like garbage. Uh the Rangers are right kind of where I expect them to be. Let me pull up this odd sheet again because I'm normally. Yeah, pretty- I feel like I have a team. <laughs> I definitely have a team that I thought was going to do better, and like I, I, I would have thought the Sharks would have been better. Like I can't believe that they're as dog shit as they are. The Flyers, I think for sure. Exactly. I think everybody. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's got to be the, the, the. I I heard people saying this could be the Flyers' year. They're yeah. stacked up. They're ready to go, and they they look like garbage. Yeah, we have Carter Hart, and then then they play two games against the Rangers and get outscored seventeen nothing. It's like, mm, dude. Did is Car was Carhart and Net game that the Sabres broke their uh their every 18 game losing streak? I don't I don't know that answer. Probably. 
It probably was six one victory, six goals on a lot of hot. The fucking Sabers, man. If we're wrong, we're gonna get roasted too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we're talking about Carter Hart. Uh, O'Connor says seems like the Flyers are going to get be giving Carter Hart a bit of a break. We'll focus with him on uh, practicing to clean up elements of his game. He won't start tonight. And he won't start Wednesday. We'll be working with. I'm assuming that's a goalie coach over the next few days. His head coach came out to the media and said that Carter Hart needs to work harder and he needs to work better. As a kid, he's not he's not a veteran. This is his second year in the league. You would think that your head coach would have your back a little bit more than that. Dude, I think that's kind of a ridiculous thing to say, to be honest with you. Like, like you think he's not – you don't think he's trying? Dude, I don't think that – I don't even – like, I won't even say, like, oh, like he shouldn't have said that. Like, that's that's fucking terrible. It's AV, dude. He does this shit all the time. Like, his go-to is he has veteran teams that he can get really far, and as soon as they start shitting the bed, he starts pointing fingers at everybody. At the same time saying, I think we're doing a lot of good things. That's like – he's done it for years. Dude, it's – it's actually like kind of sick. Like the fact that you think like it, this, you know, there's such a thing as a, as a sophomore slum. The fact that you think that because he's not performing well, like it's because he's not working hard and like, we're not in the locker room, right? Like what can we, what can we really say? Not knowing the vibe in the locker room, but dude, I was, uh, I like last year, I think it was dude, the Philly Philadelphia flyers. They have uh, a pretty cool behind the scenes thing on YouTube that I followed for a bit. And it was like, yeah, yeah last year's it, it was following kind of like Carter Hart's or, it was either last year. Yeah. Last year, like Carter Hart kind of coming in as this, like becoming the starter mm-hmm. and like, dude, he, it seemed to me when I was watching this, that he, he, he was like a little bit of a head case, like to the point where he was just such a perfectionist, like little things could like tick him off, like, and like really kept him wired. And like, even if, you know, he'd let one goal in or whatever, but he'd still be in his head about it. Even after a dub, like something like that. That's what it's like. That's how it was depicted on camera. So you would think you wouldn't want your coach telling people to try harder as if that's not set him off. (laughs) Especially if he's already someone who's a perfectionist and he's worried about the one goal he let in on a five, one victory. And it's like every, every mistake he makes is like in his head. Like that would be the worst possible thing you could say. Cause it's like the exact opposite of what, you know, he's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't know, man. I that's AV. That's I dealt with him for years. That was one of the best days I remember. Uh, I was with my girlfriend. She was so mad at me because I think we were, we were just got back from dinner. We had to go like do something, and AV got fired. And I was like, I can't hang out right now. And she's like, Why? I'm like, I'm fucking tuned up. I don't have to deal with AV anymore. Like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, I remember that specifically. There was a big fight about that. But shout Dude. out to AV. I mean, yeah, uh, it's it. I don't know. An interesting thing I saw in the comments was like, this is, this is kind of like a make or break for being a successful goalie in the year. Um, like for a long career is like learning how to lose and bounce back and not letting that affect the entirety of your season. It's like a closer in baseball, right? Exactly. It's like, you have to, so it's like if Carter Hart is, is like we were just talking about, if he is, is like mentally impacted by like having a loss or a bad stretch as like, it seemed like it, it might've been in that show or if he, I mean, this is just me making random assumptions, but like, I love it. It's fine. Right. But it's like, it's like if, if he learns how to work through this, then you have like the makings of someone who could be a legendary goaltender in the NHL. Like if he gets through this stretch and it's like, okay, it wasn't just a fluke or a stint, but now he's mentally wrecked. It's like, no, now he like has a veteran mindset with like the skills and the physicality of like a young explosive goaltender. And that's dangerous. 100% 100% man and we didn't even touch on the fact that like the Flyers defense is absolute dog shit like yeah he is letting in these goals but like their D zone is like district five mighty ducks like really 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 bad you think they'd be able to figure that out with that veteran team that they have but 
their defense just isn't what they, everybody thought it was going to be. They just yeah, waved the spear. What the fuck did that guy do? He's like one of your best offensive defensemen. Like I understand you got to defend in the D zone, but maybe why don't you work on that before you start getting rid of the guy who's putting points on the board? Yeah, where's our where's our analytics here telling us about like you know the shooting where where the shooting chances are coming from on Carter Hart? You know, let's the block shots. Where are the missed block shots? I don't see I don't see that stat. <laughs> that's one of my pet peeves about the NHL though is like penalty killers specifically or guys that go out and block a shot and just miss the shot. Like if you're going to fucking do it, do it. Like, don't give me this bullshit. Like I don't think it's that hard to block a shot, especially when the guy's fucking looking directly at you. It's just whether or not you have the balls to do it. Like Jed Ortmeier, one of my all time favorite fourth liners for the New York Rangers, that guy didn't have a fucking shield on and he would have blocked the puck with his face. Cause that's like what he did. Dan Girardi, yeah. same thing. Tortorella instilled that within the Rangers throughout like, his term of being the New York Rangers head coach. If you want to block a shot, block a shot, but like, don't give me the flyby. Oh, I meant to block in the pucks in the back of your neck. Cause yeah, like, the, the, oh, the flamingo, the flamingo, yeah. you're just acting as a screen for the 10. I mean, there do there's, I think there's like a clear separation of players in the league that are like willing to sell out 100%. players that aren't. And I think that you'll see that the ones that are around for the longest are the ones that are willing to do things yeah. like that. No, it's so. a great call. Dan Dreyer, look at his career. Brent Seabrook, fucking years in the NHL. Like, Nick Jarmelson. Like, they, there's just those defensemen that can fucking eat shots. I think Chris Russell still plays. That guy blocked a ton of shots for Edmonton back in the day, or this last couple it, of years ago. It, it's like that speaks to just knowing how to play the game and having hockey IQ versus, like, okay, you're a really skilled, explosive player, but, like, are you going to last when you don't have that explosivity, when you don't have those hands, when you don't have that release? Are you going to do the little things? Are you going to do the little things that are going to keep you around and make you valuable to a team? That's what it comes down to, man. Uh, I'm just going to hit these three Ranger stories really quick. Uh, last week, Adams Fox was named the first star in four games, played at 11 points, a goal, and 10 assists. Talk about this guy every time we have a podcast. Like, Dude, I played against, I played with him at state camp. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you remember anything specifically? Like, Do you remember playing with him and be like, this kid's fucking unbelievable or what? I actually, when I played with him um, – I think it was it was 15. I think it was state camp when I was 15 years old. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, this kid's not that good. Okay. And okay. Then, and then now look at him. <laughs> yeah, Captain's Harvard. Now, yeah. dude, he, he's going to be – I mean, they keep throwing stats out about the shit that he's already accomplished. That In terms of Rangers defensemen, I think only Brian Leach and, like, Zer- Sergei Zubov have, like, done, like, big names. And I think the one thing that – impresses me the most about him is his skating isn't super elite. So he has to make that up in different ways. And the way this guy sees the ice, like if you watch a Rangers game, I I don't know if I've ever seen Adam Fox get like laid out. Like he's very, very good at like getting the puck off of his stick and avoiding contact. And as a smaller defenseman, you need to know how to do that. But like, even like he has guys for checking going hundred percent, he'll do a quick fucking head fake. The guy will peel off and he'll just keep the puck. It's just like little things like that. He just sees the ice so much better than everybody else. And it's only 22 or 23 years old. So uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, I think like everything you just said speaks to maybe like, and also it's me being a competitive kid in the same age that was competing for a spot at a national camp, like with this kid. So in my mind, I'm like, you know, if you're competitive, you can't be thinking you're not the best guy on the ice. It's like, that's what you want to be thinking all the time. But I think more of it was like, it wasn't like his hands or his skating or like even his shot that it's like, Oh wow, this guy's gross. That's that's he was so like under the radar. I mean, he had great skills. Yes, like he was one of the most skilled guys, especially like at that age level. If he probably was the most skilled guy at that age level, and that level of competition. But it was how he saw the ice, like what you're yeah. saying, which is why he didn't even come across as lethal as he actually was, because it's really it was really how he saw the game, and like 
his aggressiveness and confidence playing the game where it's like, this is my game. I control the pace. 100%. And when you pair him up with like guys like Artemi Panarin going down the wall or like Mika Zibanejad going through the middle, you add like elite players around him and he's only going to thrive. He, yeah. I'm the Rangers. You lock him up to as long as you can right now before he hits that cash. Cause he's going to hit that cash and it's going to be a lot. It's going to be Dude, a lot. Of I agree. I a hundred percent agree. I think he's going to be good in the league for a long fucking time. Cause hope, hopefully he's wearing red, white, and blue. Everybody, we have a Rangers uh, chat and like everybody keeps saying Fox for captain. The only thing I have about that is earlier this year, Brad Marchand like went to fight him and he just straight up turtled and I can't have my captain like turtling. Like you, I can't walk into a locker room knowing that that guy's my captain. I can go on YouTube and watch Brad Marchand just like what, like just personally victimize him on national television. So I give him the A. I don't think I give him the C, but. <laughs> That's I just specifically for that one play. Um, Brad Marchand doesn't – he's he's so small too. It's like yeah. that That seems like a fight that's reasonable for you. <laughs> that, that's what that's what how the Bruins guy says too. But uh, Brendan Lemieux got traded to L.A. for a fourth-round pick. News came out a couple days after that. The Lemieux had asked for a trade. Uh, well, his dad did because his dad's his agent. He wasn't playing as much as he wanted to. He wanted a bigger role. Rangers shipped him off to L.A. Uh, I'm happy that Lemmy's gonna because I you could kind of get the vibe this season was different, especially since D'Angelo left and like D'Angelo and him are boys. You could kind of tell he wasn't like the same type of player. Um, I don't know. I, I wish him well in, in LA. I'm a little bit worried the fact that the Rangers don't really have any tough guys now in a, in a division that has like Tom Wilson, Matt Martin. Like the, I think that that could be pretty devastating. But yeah, we'll see. And then just. Last thing, Nils Lundqvist, or Lundqvist, Lundqvist uh, finishes the SHL regular season first among defensemen and tied for his team lead in goals. He's been fantastic again. Uh, this guy's putting up Victor Hedman-type numbers in this league. Just another right-handed shot defenseman that the Rangers are going to have in the pipeline. Like You're going to have Adam Fox there for years. Ryan Lindgren, who you got in the Rick Nash deal, that people didn't think that would be in the NHL. And this kid's like, dude, he literally bleeds every game. Like he gets a high stick, a puck, he blocks it. Like every game he's bleeding, he's just a personal punching bag. He doesn't do a ton of things, but he defends really well and he's afraid of nobody. I think he's going to be in the league for a while. Keandre Miller, who stepped in this year, uh, he went to Wisconsin. He's on the USA team. He's only played defense, I think, three or four years of his life. They moved him to defense. So, I mean, he's performing the NHL. He's going to be great. Slumquist kid. Uh the list goes on and on for the Rangers. I mean, the defensive core is going to be ridiculous. Braden Schneider, they just drafted from uh, Canada. Team's not, he was on Team Canada in the World Junior this year. He got suspended the first game for a dirty hit. I love that shit. Just, <laughs> I think that they're going to have like they're going to have studs on on the back end for a while, and it's kind of nice because you're going to get that Brendan Smith contract out at some point. That Jacob Truba contract's going to fucking suck for years. I've been saying that for a while now, but it is what it is. I'm 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 optimistic for that. I'm out on the head coach. I don't know if I've said that yet on the on the podcast. David Quinn's supposed to be developing all these younger guys like Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere. And I know Colin Blackwell has like 10 goals this year, and he's like a really good story, 27, 28-year-old guy, finally gets a chance. But like in a year when you're not going to make the playoffs, maybe put your first overall pick or your second overall pick on the fucking power play. Maybe put your first overall pick or second overall pick in the top six. Like I don't – I for the life of me, I don't understand any of that that's going on unless he's like delusional and thinks that they actually have a shot of making the playoffs. But that's what we have on the Rangers talk this week. Uh, they just lost to the Sabres in a shootout. I think it was just concerning. Wow. Yeah, very concerning, especially for a team that's supposed to be making run of the playoffs. You're not going to make the playoffs. If you can't take two points from Buffalo. Yeah, uh, no way. That's kind of what we got. Now we're going to go into our beer league roundup brought to you by can I brands. <coughs> um, 
Let me pull this up. Here's the lineup on the screen. Oh, there it is. You have the boost, the men, the fresh, the sleep. I mean, I used quite a bit of the mend when I was in Vegas. If I'm being completely honest with you, uh, I needed any, I needed any little bit to get me over. It definitely helped out. I also used a sleep spray in Vegas just because like, it's really hard to get any sort of sleep there, especially when you go back to the room early and then everybody comes back to the room and they want to throw a party in your room. It, it is what it is, but can I brands, they, I mean, it's, oh, it, what is it? It's used in 75% of NHL locker rooms. NHL guys are taking it post game on their plane ride home every single night. Uh, this is to me, it's a no brainer. Go to canibrands.com, use promo code TMS25 for a 25% discount. Um, it, it proofs in the pudding, honestly. And uh, there it is. Boom. There's the discount. 25 is pretty good discount. Yeah, so that's the thing. Normal podcasts do like the 20%, like the 20% biz code or whatever. Yeah. No, we got down to 25 because negotiation tactics. I actually have no idea why they gave me 25, but I didn't ask any questions. I'm like, perfect. Let's kind of roll with this. Uh, <laughs> but definitely use this, guys. It works. Um, but now let's talk about a little beer league. Pretty much all the skates around me are done right now. I know that they're trying to get one skate in Saratoga on a Tuesday night, which I'm going to try to start going to. The Rangers are on tomorrow, so I can't make it. But So hopefully I'll be able to play a little bit of hockey. But I went to San Diego. We, we touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, and I went to this fucking street hockey-like rink, and it was a legitimate street hockey rink. Uh, boards, glass, uh, nets, benches, uh, fucking scoreboard. I was surprised I didn't have a Jumbotron. Like, it, it was that legit we showed up there and the weirdest part me and my buddy get there and we're like walking into it and there's the guy who works there and he's like kind of walking away from it i'm like hey man like do you mind if we use this because i didn't know if there was a game or anything going on and you would have like this guy was so happy that somebody was there to use it. he's like absolutely get out there like he was pumped up so i don't know if people use it a lot but it was unreal we used a green biscuit check those guys out we were uh ripping some pucks passing around the green biscuits essentially like a street hockey puck but it's a puck that I think replicates the puck on the ice far more than any, any other puck out there. Yeah. So uh, we use that for a bit. That was sick. And just the views dude. the mountains in the background. And it was, that was one of the coolest places I think I had ever been like that was I mean, that, that's content right there. Yeah. It was like a pinch me moment. I was like, I cannot fucking believe that we're here. It was that sick. It's sunny out, dude. We had our sunglasses on underneath our helmets. It was perfect, but uh, that was cool. And then are was you, are you playing any hockey right now? What's that? Are you playing any hockey right now? Dude, I actually filled in as a sub in like two men's league games past two weeks. How was it? But uh, it was good. You know, I was uh, I don't realize um, I I didn't like mentally prepare myself. Yeah. Like people throw hacks in men's. Oh league. yeah. Bro, yeah, it's, it's, it's your NHL. Bro, I legitimately. I mean, I think it's also like it wasn't like the like I legit. You know, I still play college hockey. Right. And like and I'm going to be able. To a little bit better than everybody else on the ice yeah so it's like and then of course if like you're that guy like you're kind of the target target yep. <laughs> yeah so like i wasn't prepared dude like the first two shifts like i thought i was gonna lose my thumb i got slashed so hard and it was like i was like i want two feet of space at least every time i go around someone because i don't want to get oh, i was yeah. like i felt like uh what, what's the guy's name in in goon is it lafleur Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the French guy in Goon. It's like I didn't want to be touched. I needed somebody out there protecting me. <laughs> Perimeter player, dude. A hundred percent. Beer league's a whole other animal, man. Like it, it truly is insane because some people legitimately play it as if they're in the NHL. And I mean, good on them, dude. They're living their dream. They're trying to play hockey. But at the end of the day, like, kind of got to go to work tomorrow. So yeah, it's not hurt me. But uh, <laughs> it's still, it's still nice to get out there. 
Um, but two of my skates shut down. I think that rink is shutting down. I'm trying to think what else is there to do during the summer. I got the big co-ed softball coming back. I'm pumped about that. We got our team in. That's going to be sick. Have you ever played in a softball league before? Dude, I, I think I feel in as a sub a couple times. Like softballs, so, so much softballs legit, bro. It might be my favorite sport I've ever played. <laughs> not because we get fucking tuned up and we bring our little boom box. We play co-ed uh, softball and slow pitch. Our girls are fucking awesome. Like our dudes are like wicked cool. And like, we just have a blast. We're, we're actually known. I was on vacation. So my buddy had to sign up the team. He walked in there and I guess there were a bunch, bunch of captains around and the commissioner's like, Oh yeah. Keds, Keds. These are the guys I was telling you about that party before every game. And, and my buddy, Matt's like, uh, Hey guys. And everybody was like dapping them up and shit. So, uh, pumped about that do a little bit of fishing what do you what do you t- normally do during the summer are you playing hockey or what else do you got going on oh uh, dude this summer yeah i'm normally i play hockey i work at the i work at the rank do media for them and then just you know i'm like constantly trying or at least last summer it was like a lot of just content creation starting up buttery hockey and stuff like that and you know that's kind of how last summer went i had some good lake life lake life last because i was friends oh, yeah. with someone who lives on a lake um that's rule number one i think if yeah. i had kids and they're like Dad, what do I need to learn? It's going to be like, make sure you become best friends with somebody who has a boat. Dude, here's the issue. I wish it was best friends. It was actually like, you know, a girl that mm-hmm. I was interested in and okay. that, you know, fell off. So oh. it's like, I no longer have the lake. <laughs> I don't have to. Where's my boat access? It's fucking yeah. on. Dude, uh, but, um, this summer I got, um, I actually have some big plans. I've been working on. We were talking about this a little bit before. And uh, yeah, I'm working on this not so hockey related uh kind of lifestyle project i would call i don't even want to call it a brand because that's not really you know what it is i mean i I guess technically it is a brand in the sense of like we want people to like know us as like a symbol and we want people to know recognize our brand as like what our mission is you know what i mean um but yeah i mean that's dropping really really soon really soon like within the next i would say like two weeks we want to have two yeah, two weeks. We want to have our mission video out, and that's going to be going to be called like Jack of Trades. Um, that's that's the name of it. And uh, yeah, I don't want to get too into it because I I warned you I could talk about it, you know, a ton. But basically, it's um, we're doing van life. We're living in a van, traveling all over the East Coast. Hopefully, eventually cross country, and then uh, and then up and up and down the West Coast. So and just trying to build uh, you know, an audience and. Uh, a family, I guess, collaborating with anyone we can. And it's, it's, it's exactly what the name is. I mean, Jack of trades, we're trying to take on anything and everything, you know, the richest currency in life is experience. And we're just trying to experience stuff all, all over the country and just like get outside our comfort zone. So, yeah. That's sick. You should definitely p- pack your hockey bag just in case there's like rinks open and shit like that. Oh dude, a hundred percent. We're bringing, we're bringing our blades. Actually, one of the things we're putting together a list it's called like we're putting together a dream list, like things that we want to do across across country, and like you know, it could it could happen anywhere. It's just like activities that we want to take place. A lot of them are, are involving like strangers, or we want to also help like other people, like strangers that we just meet, accomplish something that they want to do. That's it's very similar. Yeah. So if, if anyone listen, like if if you ever seen the show The Buried Life on MTV, it, it's it's like that where they had this bucket list and then every time they completed something on their bucket list they found a stranger and helped them complete something that they dreamed of, of doing That's sick. so it you know it's not exactly that but it's along the lines like you know we have aspirations to do stuff that's similar and uh yeah one thing we wanted to do is rollerblade across an entire state so oh, that would be tight dude yeah yeah so it'd be cool that would be sick biz devs actually uh he's riding his bicycle 
from Saratoga to New York City. I think they start Thursday. Uh, it's going to take them a couple days, and then the boys are going down to New York City for a thing that they've made up called Steak Fest. And they got a reservation for like all of our best friends to go down there and have a nice steak dinner when it's wrapped up. I will not be attending the event. I did buy steak today, though, that I have ready for Saturday, so I will be enjoying one with them, just not with them. Yeah. But shout out to BizDev and uh, our boy Rooney, who's going to be doing that. I It's insane to me. When, when BizDev was 14, he biked to the, the whole Erie Canal with his mom. And so I, I think he's probably going to be good with it. I know Rooney's been training his ass off. This kid sends me like texts every day of him, like bicycle, like 35 miles. He's like, I'm fucking ready for it. So hopefully the weather's good. Hopefully they get through and um, how, those guys. how fast are they trying to get down? Do you know, uh, they they're going Thursday and the dinner reservations on Saturday, dude, that's like fast. bro. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be cruising. They're going to be, they, I guess there's like this new trail in New York like they have to get to the trail, but once you're at the trail, I think it's like a straight shot down to the city. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I love those guys and I would do anything for them, but the one thing I want to do is join them on that. Cause that's <laughs> fucking avid. I, dude, I rode, I got a bike a couple years ago. I rode it like three days and my ass hurt so bad from sitting on that seat. So I can't imagine what the fuck they're going to feel like after like three days of doing nothing but biking. But They'll get yeah. through. You would definitely need some ass training before doing that. But yeah. like, you're going you're gonna to be some, they're going to all be sitting down to have their stakes and like not being able to sit. Yeah. They need like, they need to bring like fucking gel pads that they can just keep transferring out like a NASCAR or NASCAR pit crew. Like every stop they have, new C pod, send it. Like, <laughs> that sounds actually kind of miserable, but like, yeah, they're going to get through it though. And I know they're pumped about it. They're pumped to get their steak dinner and I, and I know they'll, they'll end up doing it. So shout out to them. Now we are going to move on to our next segment, Dominic Moore's. Actually, our final segment, I'm pretty sure, of the afternoon. Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. All right, guys. Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros time. Uh, let me just take this off real quick. All right, so each week we give you our Hero of the Week, Zero of the Week. I'm going to start first. I'm going to go with my Zero of the Week, Bally Sports Advertising. So it's actually kind of funny because I spent uh, probably four days in San Diego and I had no idea what Bally Sports Advertising was until I was out there. Uh, it's pretty much like the Padres, uh, maybe SoCal, maybe the whole state of California. I don't know everything about it. I just remember seeing it. And uh, look at this advertisement that they put up during one of the games. If you're not watching this, they put up an advertisement of the Coyotes and Ducks game. Uh, it says, next telecast starting with Padres Live, Giants, Padres, tomorrow, 630, Bally Sports, San Diego. And the advertisement is directly over where the puck is. So if, if you're fucking watching this, I would have been so fucking mad if I was watching the New York Rangers play. And just the whole time at the bottom left, it just said, Bally Sports, we have the fucking New York Yankees on next. Well, or may, maybe the Mets playing MSG. I don't know. But Dude, how long was that? I want to know how long that was up there. Have yeah, I, I, I don't know. Somebody took a clip of it. I know that there's some people that were mad about it. So I'm assuming for a little bit, but that's hilarious. I mean the Padres. The Padres did go three and one this weekend, so maybe, maybe we were pretty pumped about it. But just, to, I mean, regardless, read the room, guys. Read the goddamn room. We'll just make a freaking ad that's not going to take up like an actual eighth of the screen. That's what I'm saying. It was. Just, it's just. It's literally just a square in the bottom left. Hey, like legit. Like if you split the screen up into eight little pieces, <laughs> that's an eighth of the screen. Yeah, yeah. I did, I don't know, man. You would have thought that they would have been a little bit better at that, but. Here we are. Um, that's my zero of the week. I'm trying to think what 
my hero of the week was supposed to be Linus Olmark because his stats were way better with him in the lineup compared to anybody else in on the Sabres goaltending wise, but I don't have it in front of me. If I had to say another hero of the week, when we were in Vegas, we met this girl, Wendy, uh, and she was one of the funniest human beings I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, we do this thing where like, you know, Meg the stallion where she's like real hot girl shit. Eh. And she does like that yeah. eh afterwards. So yeah. me and my buddy Merv, like, we'll just say at eh, like randomly throughout the course of the time that like we're just chilling and we started doing it. And this girl, Wendy kind of picked on to like what we were doing. And so it was me, Merv, Feeboy Rex, his girlfriend, and then four of their friends. Wendy was one of their friends the whole weekend, no matter where we went and she was trash. She would just start screaming at and we're like, Wendy, what's your dance move? And she's like, I like acting like an inflatable like thing outside of like a, a used car dealership. So that's all she did. She, she would go eh, and she would do that and people would like look at her and she'd be like at eh, and then she'd do it again so just like the vibes that wendy had bendy wendy is her instagram name i think so we call her bendy wendy uh just Wait, this is someone you know or you met there i met i met i met them she knows like a friend of a friend and okay. we like hung out with like those guys yeah and dude she uh and Vegas is hard, dude. Vegas is so hard because, like, you go really hard at first, and then you get, like, so tired, and then you don't want to do anything. And yeah. you kind of get in a bad mood, and then you're stressed out because everything's $1,000. And it's just – you're kind of just in your head. But then just knowing that Wendy was going to be dancing and adding the whole time just made everything way easier. So shout out to Bendy Wendy. You're a real one. That's huge. Bendy Wendy. Dude, I'll have, to, I'll have to follow her on the Insta. <laughs> Hell, yeah, dude. What are, what are your uh, heroes and zeros of the week? Dude, I'm actually going to go – I was a little unprepared for this. I'm going to go two heroes. Okay, that's fine. We love that. Positivity. Okay, so two heroes for the week. Um, I just got into these boys' videos, and I have to say it's 100% worth the subscribe on YouTube. Okay. Dude, the boys of 98. Okay. Okay. Never even heard of them. The boys of 98? The boys of 98. They're like, honestly, Nelk Boy vibes for sure. Okay. okay. The 98. and But they're like small, dude. They only have like – I mean, they're not small, but they have 30k on YouTube right now, and like over, they have like over 500k. Like they got their start on TikTok, but they've moved to YouTube, and I would say their YouTube's are better than their TikToks. Okay, right? bro, I saw this video. I binge watched their videos at one point this weekend, and I saw this video, and they played pub golf. Okay, and so basically, how they played pub golf, and now how I've come to learn pub golf. So if I'm wrong, you know, I'm sorry, but this is how they played it. Basically, you're playing a nine hole round of golf okay you go from pub to pub each pub you get a different beer and it, it's like a 16 ounce well it's like you're getting it from tap right so it's like it's yeah. like so it's not it can't be canned like you're getting like it looks like what's a 16 ounce pour or like okay. a tall like a tall pour and then you basically have you go through your nine holes so at your first hole you go to your first pub you get it and then you have it's when you when you bring it up to your lips that counts as a stroke. So you can as long as there's a constant flow of alcohol, you can chug the whole thing, and that's a hole in one. Like you're done with 16 ounces, and that's a hole in one. The oh. bar, the bar for each hole is two. So, but the rule is like when you like. Wow. So if if, it, if you can't get it all down and you take it down, I think it's like a five Mississippi count, and you have to go up for your second stroke. And so, so you're so you're you're pretty much trying to one touch nine 16 ounce beers. It literally, literally, you're like you're trying to one touch nine 16 ounce beers. And so I'm watching these guys. I'm like, holy crap! One of the guys, awesome. one of the guys is a lightweight. Threw up on like the fourth hole. Another another guy, I think, went for a big volume yak after the sixth hole. Yeah. And then what dude, did what did yaks do? Do yaks bring it? Bring your score dude, down or up or anything? So 
I'm they didn't play this way, but I am <coughs> like when I play this, I'm making yaks tikis. You yak I've never even them. heard I've never even heard of this. Dude, I hadn't either. And I was like, this looks so much fun, right? So this so boys 98 hero number one because okay. of this game. And I'm like, this is an iconic game, dude. I want to play this, right? I'm into it. So I oh, go yeah. what, what do they get to pick whatever beer that they want at these pubs, or are they like special beers per pub? Yeah, so they all they all drink the same kind, like you can't pick your own beer. And so I didn't get the details exactly with how the beer is picked, but what I, what I decided when, cause I'm going to tell you the story about me playing it next. Yeah. Right. But like what I decided is, is you, you can't drink the same beer twice. Okay. If that makes sense. So each hole has to be a different kind of beer. You can't repeat beers. Could I go Miller light, Bud light, Coors light? I think, I think you I could. I think it has to be a, yeah. I think it has to be like a consensus of everyone is playing, you know, cause you all have to drink the same thing at every pub. Yo, could you imagine if if there was no rules and the only rule was is you get to the pub and you tell the pub, hey, you have to pour one beer for each one and they just get to choose what it is. And like mm -hmm. they did like an IPA or like fucking something Dude. that would ruin you. Like that could be game changer. So we we go out Saturday, go to play a round of 18 with the boys, right? Uh, shot unreal. I actually won three, three free rounds of drink on that. Okay. On that. You know, it was great. So we go out to uh, a bar, like out out where we are in, in in Rochester. We go, and then I started telling the boys about this because I'm like, this is a great game. Sorry, this is kind of a long form story, but I swear it's good. You're good. You're good. Um, is this your other hero? Yes, my other hero. Okay, all right, all right, we're good. So the hero is my buddy. I'm gonna shout him out, Matt Montgomery. He I played hockey with him all growing up. He goes to Ithaca now, played lacrosse at Ithaca. And uh, he was in town for Easter, obviously, and he brought a bunny from college. We're all chilling there. It was like a group of six to eight of us or whatever at this bar. It's a great time, dude. The more numbers yeah. you have, the better time. No offense if it's like two or three guys, but if you have like a group of eight dudes that are all just fucking chilling, best. Yeah. No, it, it was it was unbelievable. But I will say he's the hero because he's the one that decided. He's like, oh, I'll play a round of golf. You want to play a round of golf? I'll play a round of golf. So we're ready to go, dude. We're playing a round of golf. And we were gone every 10 minutes was a new hole. So, so we, yes, man. every 10 minutes, I think after, actually, I think every 10 minutes after hole four, I actually had to run home real quick. And so there was a big pause between hole four and hole five. <laughs> big pause. Yeah. What, like a rain delay or like there's literally, like, it was like a 45 minute delay between hole, four and hole five. <laughs> but we, we didn't do that thing where we were switching beers because we didn't go to a different pub. We were just at the same one. Yeah. And it was obviously like least expensive. We were just going Labatt Blue, like straight up Labatt Blue. Yep. And we went through, dude, so we went through seven holes, one touched, seven. Oh, my God. And then Labatt, Labatt Blue or Labatt Blue Light? I think it's Labatt Blue Light, probably. It's okay. probably Light Beer. Labatt Blue would be fucking tough. Heavy. I love yeah. LBLs. LBLs are fucking sick. Yeah, dude. Blue, I, was, I actually wasn't having difficulty. And I he was having difficulty, though, but I knew, like, he might one touch the next two, and I don't want to tie this guy. So I made the executive decision. You can call it a sleazeball decision if you want. I go to the waitress who I actually knew, so I was like, also, I could do it kind of sneaky because, like, I knew her, so I just, like, called her to the side. I was like, hey, yeah. I need two Southern Tier IPAs. It's like 16 ounces. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that comes out for hole eight and i'm like this is hole eight buddy we're going southern tears and uh that's where he cracked that's where he yeah, cracked. that's where he cracked yeah i one touched the i one touched the southern tier you you just haven't heard from montgomery since I, fucking well, he's a hero for playing against me and he's a hero because we went to a buddy's house that night and he called me the uber home because like what a beauty
I was like legit asleep because I just like passed in the cash. But yeah, <laughs> dude, that's a sick day though, man. I'm gonna I'm, I'm yeah. gonna do something like that. That's pretty cool. I do you think it would be? I mean, it was dope that you guys just stayed in one place and kind of vibed. I feel like if you're moving spot to spot, that's all. I like. I'm gonna play under the rules that whatever bar you get to, you ask the bartender to pour you whatever beer that they want. Maybe even explain the game to them, so hopefully you just don't get fucked every single time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some light beers, and it's not all IPAs every time you go. Double IPA, <laughs> bro. That's sick, man. If our listeners are listening to this and they end up playing some fucking pub golf, let us know about it because that's unreal. That'd be good TikTok content. Maybe you that'd could blade. Good. You could blade bar to bar. Oh, dude, that would be that would be fire. That's a full like YouTube video cut down to TikTok. Oh yeah. That'd be sick. And Saratoga's got a ton of bars, man. If you want to head up to Saratoga this summer, we play around pub golf. That'd be sick. I mean, should we buzz when we leave when we leave May 6th? It's our jacket trace. Should we just come up for I don't hate it. Golf? I don't hate that at all. First round, that'd <laughs> be unreal. Oh my god. That's sick though. Unreal, man. But all right, guys. That that was this that was this episode. This episode 196. NHL round up with Ryan Wynn. Ryan, thank you for hopping on, man. We appreciate it. Uh, I'm pumped to see the jacket trade stuff. Whenever that comes out, let me know. We'll share it on our stuff. Make sure all of our listeners and all that good stuff happens. So, dude, thanks so much for having me. It's a blast, dude. Every time, like I said, whenever you got a slot for me, I'm I'm sliding right in. Fuck yeah, man! All right, guys, <laughs> we will uh, we'll talk to you next week.